and welcome to Egyptian Dream, a Planet Sport Football Africa podcast coming to you from Cairo and it's day 15 of the Africa Cup of Nations 2019. I'm Tom Ellis and I'm Liam Flint and we'll be bringing you the latest from Egypt where we'll be looking ahead to tonight's games as the round of 16 gets underway and also catching you up on what we got up to yesterday as we visited Garbage City, a district not too far from where we're staying here in Cairo. How are you doing today, Liam? Doing well. Feeling quite tired from, uh, from the previous day. Very busy yesterday, lots of walking, lots of talking, meeting the locals, going to different districts uh, and some great entertainment in the evening, didn't we? We, we did. We invaded a local smoothie shop. Wait, um, it was a, like a drive-in smoothie juice bar, so we drove up alongside maybe 10 other cars the car was creeping into the middle of the road and we ordered from a waiter who came up to our window. I had an avocado and honey juice, which was lovely. And I had a bomb, which I didn't realise would be quite so big, a massive pot of banana loaded with chocolate ice cream. So it took me about half an hour to eat, but it was definitely worth the stomach ache afterwards. Following a big mixed grill, so a meal with all the kind of meats you can imagine, which isn't ideal for a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> Flexitarian. <laughs> a flexitarian. So a wonderful finish to another day in Cairo there. Feeling a bit croaky today, but the show must go on. The show must go on. We're professionals. This is what we do. And with the football starting up, we have a new lease of life. We can get back to the stadium, see some of the best stars that Africa have to offer, and of course bring you all the latest as well. So Yeah, so why not get straight into that? After 12 days of group stage action and then obviously two days of rest that we've just had, the action is back today, so let's look at those games. The first game of today is Morocco versus Benin. I think for Morocco's sake, it's just another, another opportunity for them to press their case for being the best, not only the best North African team, but the best team on the continent right now. Of course, they're, they're going into this face-off with Benin having not conceded a goal in their three group games. But I would say three 1-0 victories, mm. um, which is concluded... 1-0 victories over South Africa and Namibia, who aren't particularly strong. So you have to think, they've coasted so far, but they definitely haven't set the world alight at the same time. So expecting them to push on tonight against Benin, um, who are, themselves have got their own problems. Steve Mounier, their big striker, is not going to be there. He's suspended. So in terms of an attacking threat, they're going to have to think, where is our goal-scoring potential going to come from? So... Benin, I think, are up against it already before we've even kicked off, but Morocco have a few more gears to find. Let's see if that comes to fruition tonight. Looking forward to seeing a bit more from Hakim Zayek, uh, the 26-year-old Ajax star, who obviously was a star of that impressive side that went so far in the Champions League. So we'll be looking to see more from him. It also looks like he might be moving on from Ajax, so Arsenal and Liverpool and lots of clubs interested in him. But he's one of those potential stars of the tournament that we're yet to really see shine. And he's definitely in the shot window, uh, so that often gives you an extra 10%, doesn't it, when you're trying to impress. And we do know that a lot of suitors will be watching this AFCON, so many fans tune in. So when you've got a, a transfer target on your back like he has, I think you'll be looking to impress. He was so good for Ajax, wasn't he, all season. He was a catalyst in everything that was good about them. So I think he'll be wanting to do this for himself, for his country, of course, for his beloved Morocco. But he will have one eye, at least, I think, on potentially a move to Europe. OK, on to the next game of the night. At nine o'clock, 
Senegal will be facing Uganda at the Cairo International Stadium. The Taranga Lions, one of the pre-tournament favourites, they only lost one game in the group stage with a defeat to Algeria. And obviously Uganda also looking to come back after the pay dispute which we've been talking about over the last couple of days. So this should be a really interesting game as Sadio Mane, one of the current leading goal scorers in the tournament, will be face-to-face with Dennis Onyango. We watched him have to leave the field of play against Egypt, suffering from dizziness. He has said he is fit, he believes himself to be fit and that the decision to play is not his, but medically he is ready, he says. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts and how he fares against Mane. And he'll be really vital for Uganda, won't he? Yeah, Uganda, key man. I don't think they can really afford to begin this game without Dennis Donyango. So I'm sure they'll be doing all, all they can. I'm sure he's desperate as well. So he'll be saying maybe there's less pain than he actually thinks. Uh, I'm, I'm fully expecting that we'll see him there. And interesting that you mentioned Sadio Mane. Of course, he's been... He's been getting goals, but we've heard quite a few reports, a few people a bit disgruntled, saying he looks jaded. Mm. Uh, he looks a shadow of, this, of the, the man he was when he was leading Liverpool through that Champions League run. True. I mean, this is a very different environment, completely different teammates. The weather is going to play a huge part. I know, obviously, he's used to that being Senegalese. But still, I think maybe he's just easing his way in, uh, potentially not at his best. But you've still got a fancy... The Taranga Lions and also for Uganda could see there are some reports that we could see striker Patrick Kadu come back in. He was only making the bench against Egypt, came on from Manuel Okwu in the second half. But we so we could see a bit of rotation for them because they need to do a lot better than when we saw them in the Cairo International Stadium when they went down 2-0. So this one is going to be a very tasty affair. Not quite sure how it's going to go at this point. No, we will see. They will be at that one later tonight at the Cairo International Stadium. So bringing reaction from that game on tomorrow's podcast. Next, we have for you a little feature uh, on our visit to Garbage City, a district at the base of the Mokotam Hills, not far from where we're staying here in Cairo. Inhabited by people referred to as the Zabaline, considered a derogatory term meaning garbage people or garbage collectors. We had a tour with um, our tour guide, Makarios, Liam, it was a really interesting day, wasn't it? I think interesting was definitely the word. It was very eye-opening for both of us. Uh, very different to where we are now. You go into central Cairo, it's touristy, it's bustling, there's so many people. And then the further you go to that side of the districts, yeah, you really just do see why it has its name. That notorious name of Garbage City, um, and it is literally everywhere. So this is a community largely made up of Coptic Christians, making a living by collecting rubbish from across the city, sorting it and recycling it, and salvaging materials, which they can then sell on to be created into goods. Welcome to Garbage City. We are in a city named Menshit Nasser, well known as, uh, also as uh, Garbage City. Garbage City is a slum area located in Mukattam Hill. And it's, uh, it, it's economic revolves around collect, uh, collecting the rubbish and uh, being sorted again. Uh, daily, uh, more than uh, 18,000 tons of rubbish come daily to Garbage City to be sorted and recycled by the people here. Wow, and we've just driven up through part of it. You said about 70,000 people live here. Who is it that makes up this community? Yeah, more than uh, 70,000. Uh, live in Garbage City and more than uh, 60,000 are involved in uh, uh, recycling business. It's a big business uh, in Egypt 
and uh, I can say uh, without them Egypt can't be stopped yani, uh, Egypt can be stopped really if they stop working uh, two days only wow. and we're just sat amidst huge sacks piles of huge sacks of trash so this is just one of the places that sorts the trash and, and recycles we are here in, uh, in a factory belong to one of my friends his, his name is Imad, he works in uh, plastic recycling one stuff I think for uh, bags, I mean uh, bags uh, plastic uh, he, he started first to meet the collection, garbage collector to buy the, the stuff and being here to be sorted and then crush it, wash it and then uh, melted the plastic in it through a machine It's a family work and family life. So the men, after midnight, take their cars or trucks to go to every corner of Cairo's street and apartment and flat to take the rubbish door to door and bring it here to be sorted by the woman, the another part of the family. Women, uh, mainly, mainly they, they sorted the plastic because it, they collected mix, so it has to be sorted again. How did this first start? Like this start in 1960, where the poverty was big in countryside about Egypt. So most of the people, especially Christian, came to Cairo to find a work. But they were former farmers uh, will not, uh, with not education. So they start to collect the rubbish to feed their animals. And this, this started the idea why not to be a garbage collectors and take the rubbish from, from Cairo. And this, this started like this. And there's a big Christian community here. Yeah, uh, we are 99% are Coptic, for one reason, um, we are growing or keeping pigs, animals, pigs, and pigs are forbidden to Muslims, they can't grow pigs according to Sharia and Quran, but a Christian depend on uh, pigs because the organic food are eaten by the pigs. Let's have some tea. Yeah. Shukran. Original Egyptian tea. Original Egyptian tea. Yeah. Without the milk, but with sugar. Yeah. Macarius, you've grown up in this city, in this community. Tell us what your experience of it has been yeah. and how you learn English. So uh, I can say the more I love Garbage City, the more I hate it. I love Garbage City because we, we established a monastery, one of the biggest cave church in the world, which attracted tourists from uh, all over the world. I'm proud of the people who build that church this is the first the second is the the they collect the whole rubbish and recycle uh, the the rubbish in egypt so i'm proud of that people and i'm proud of myself they they they, they, they manage the waste management in egypt uh, uh for, yani you asked me how how can i speak english it's a <laughs> it's long story but i can say that i used to go to garbage collectors houses while they are separating the rubbish and pick up English book from rubbish and I told myself English. That was our visit to Garbage City with Makarios, our tour guide. Really interesting to see a different part of Cairo and how all the rubbish is being collected to create a, a living for so many people in that area, in a really run-down, poorer district of Cairo, but also a real strong sense of community for the people there. Yeah, amazing sense of community and 
it's easy to underestimate just how important their role is. It obviously isn't glamorous, and I think a lot of people have certain perceptions of everybody who lives there, but it's an amazing thing they're doing. Makes up about 90% of Cairo's recycling and sorting through all their rubbish. So it's, I think someone said, didn't they, if they stopped overnight, within two days, Cairo would come to a complete standstill. So hats off, really, to the people there. Uh, massively impressive job that they're doing in really tough conditions. So it was great for us to be able to get a taste of what that was all about yesterday. And we'll be hearing more from that community as time goes on at AFCON 2019. But now for your comments, we've been receiving lots of messages on social media and on WhatsApp. Yes, and we've identified our anonymous listener from the other day in South Sudan. Gagadan, thank you for getting back in touch again. Uh, so in response to a question we asked earlier about are you enjoying AFCON and the shock results, Gagadan, you said this, definitely football is becoming more exciting because the old ways are expiring and besides, every team has dreams and ambitions. Very true. Amadou Jallo in the Gambia. Hello, guys. I'm listening to your podcast. It's really educational. It seems like I'm already in Egypt. Keep it up, guys. Amadou, you're a star. You're our star listener for the day. That's, what, <laughs> that's why we do this. Uh, we want to bring Egypt and all the sights and sounds of Cairo to you. So if we're doing that, that is a big thumbs up. Thank you very much. And Abina in Nigeria. Yes, Ivory Coast has impressed me, just like Morocco, Algeria and Egypt. I think a North African side will win this AFCON. And Abina, I think many of us share that thought. At the minute, the North Africans are definitely outdoing the rest of the continent in terms of their results. They're looking very strong. And finally, let's finish with Hamat Jobe in the Gambia. So far, Madagascar and Uganda have been the teams that have impressed me the most. Although, Uganda are lacking the cutting edge to do the damage. So if they can improve on their finishing, they can upset many. And Jordan Ayew was the best player in the group phase for me, for Ghana, looking forward to the last 16. Hamat, again, we'd absolutely agree. Definitely when we saw Uganda play, just lacking that edge. But if they can find it, they can definitely have a strong tournament. As always, thank you very much for getting in touch with us. We love to read out your thoughts. And if you'd like to get in touch with us now, you can do so through WhatsApp and our social media. And the number to get hold of us on is plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Tell us your name, tell us where you are and how much you're enjoying this AFCON tournament. Also remember to check out the Planet Sport Football Africa show produced and presented by Steve Vickers, who's currently up in Alexandria here in Egypt. You can get that through any good podcast provider and on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com. And on today's show, Steve is featuring our latest interview with Ivory Coast International and Crystal Palace star Wilfred Zahar. Steve's also talking about whether Mo Salah can single-handedly take Egypt all the way or will they come up short at some point. OK, so just a reminder of all those games coming up in the last 16. As we said tonight, Morocco versus Benin and Uganda versus Senegal. They'll be taking place in Cairo. And then tomorrow, Nigeria against Cameroon. Egypt against South Africa. On Sunday, Madagascar against DR Congo and Algeria versus Guinea. And on Monday, Mali against the Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana against Tunisia. So lots to look forward to. We'll be bringing you all the action and reaction from those here on Egyptian Dream. But for now, from me, Tom Ellis. And from me, Liam Flint. This has been a Planet Sport Football Africa production from Passion for Sport.